Getting great car and home insurance from State Farm at a surprisingly great rate? Well, that's like drafting a player that becomes an all-pro. The real deal. State Farm agents provide personalized service so you can customize your insurance to fit your needs, like a GM putting together their very own roster. You need a team that supports you, and State Farm's got a great one. In addition to agents, the award-winning mobile app helps manage coverage, pay bills, file claims, and more. With a great price and even greater service, State Farm goes from strength to strength. Choose insurance that always brings its A-game. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Today's episode is brought to you by Heineken. Heineken, original lager is made with pure malt and their famous A-yeast, which makes Heineken an all-season, all-the-time kind of beer, and it's perfect for sitting outside when the weather cools down a little bit, you're out around that fire, and you hear it crackling, and you can tip back an ice-cold Heineken. And make a note, because you can pick up a pack or have it delivered today. And as always, remember, please drink responsibly. All right, it is time to roll. You just tuned in to the Ringer NFL Show. It's our Tuesday edition. He's the guy, Ryan Shazier. I'm Cole Wright. And Ryan, it is a Tuesday. Uh, what's the word, man? Word on the street is that you're trying to flag down an Xbox? Yeah, man, it's, it's very upsetting right now. I mean, it's a very <laughs> upsetting time. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't know if, if this was going on, but it, uh, Amazon, Best Buy, Target, you know, it's, it's just seeming extremely hard for me to get an Xbox right now. I'm literally on this podcast looking at my phone and just keep refreshing it. So when Best Buy uh, unleashes these Xboxes, I can get mine. So, so I've taken I take it that you have not gotten that Xbox yet, correct? Nah, I haven't. So uh, I, I, I thought I had it at Walmart. I literally had it in the cart. It was saying place order, order loading up. And then it says, sorry, we're out of stock. So, mm. you know. Gotcha. Just like that. that. That new sleek Xbox is not to be had just so far for Ryan Shazier. We're, you know, we're going to dig into that a little bit later, man. I might ask you what your favorite game is. But in the meantime, for everyone who's the first time tuning in, this is a player-driven show. Ryan and I, what are we going to do? We're going to take a spin around the league each and every single week. And this week, we're going to hit you with our depth chart, our playbook, our mic check, as always. And we're going to start with that depth chart, Ryan. What better place to start than in the Emerald City? Seattle, Washington, and wow, what a game from front to back. I mean, the Patriots and the Seahawks, Russell Wilson, as good as it gets, Cam Newton. I mean, Cam looked like a freight train. We saw him with those two rushing touchdowns, but we were hoping that we'd see him add a third. Nothing doing on that last play, man. Man, to me, like, defenses, you know, they got to understand what's coming. I think Cam did that twice to them already this, this year, I mean, in that game. And then Cam had two rushing touchdowns like that last week. You know, when the most critical moment of the game, most likely they're going to give it to Cam in a quarterback power or some such. So I thought it was a great play by the defense, understanding what was coming, and then they're making a great play on that fullback because once they made a play on that fullback, Cam was like, oh, shit, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And when you're having that moment of, oh, shit, when it's one yard to go and I think less than 10 seconds left to go in the game, you don't you don't have time to, to think about what you have to do. So... They, they made a great play in that moment. How about Bill Belichick, though? I don't know if you saw his post game. He was like, uh, we, you know, we went with their best play, and uh, what, 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 what more is there to say than that? That's, that's what it is. I mean, man, I mean, he was in full <laughs> Bill Belichick mode right there, man. I know you've seen that before. Yeah, man, Bill, Bill is not going to give you anything you want to hear. You know, like, he ain't giving you no press clippings, no nothing. Like, the, the biggest press clippings I heard from Bill in a while was like, man, Russ is the best out there. You know, he's underrated. And then... You see, Russ came out there throwing dimes on them. Oof. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> and he might be, he might, I ain't going to say he's the best in the league. I got to give it to Mahomes, but I feel like he has the best accuracy in the league. Mahomes has the best arm talent. He could throw it wherever. But literally putting it on a point, I'm going, I'm going with Russell every day. You know what? That, that makes me get to this point because when, when I look at Russell Wilson and I see everything that this man possesses, yeah, I've been saying it for years, Ryan. I don't know if anyone wanted to believe me, but I've been saying it for a while now. I've been I've been shouting it from the mountaintops, and a lot of people have said I'm crazy, but I've said that Russell Wilson is a superior quarterback to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I had to pause there for a second because a lot of people weren't ready for that that hot take. But I, I've been saying it for a while, and then we saw it on Sunday night. Russell Wilson five touchdowns. I mean, what what is there that he cannot do? I mean, everything that's laid out in front of him. He hurdles every single obstacle. And you know, not, not only does he scramble around to make plays, he scrambles around to find the open play. And it, that open play always seems to find that cat. Man, 
I'm not gonna say superior to Aaron Rodgers because I'm. I'll say Aaron was mostly in his prime when they beat the Steelers when uh, back a few years ago. I feel like that was the, that was the prime of Aaron like, around that time. Now he's like falling off, and it's a it's a different generation, new quarterbacks. You know, you know. So I think Aaron, he's a great quarterback. He's not what he used to be, mm. but I'm I'm a, I'm a definitely go arrest in this moment. And uh, I agree with you in this moment. But a while ago, Russ had, I mean, Aaron had his number for sure. Okay, so four or five years ago, maybe it was A.A.Ron's title right there yeah. for the best quarterback in all the National Football League. But I, I'm looking right now at Russell Wilson. He's got to be that guy. But how about Cam Newton? I mean, we talked about the touchdowns that he racked up, a pair of them, and he almost had that third one. But like you said, that they, they spied out that fullback, and Cam, he hit him with that, whoa, whoa, oh, hold on a second. He said he could have bounced it around, but that's easier said than done sometimes, Ryan. Yeah, it's, it's easier said than done. You know, if if was a fifth, we'd all be drunk, man. You know. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, I'm just saying, like, Cam, Cam, you can always say, man, what you could have done better, what you could have, uh, what, what, what situation you would have done, in a, uh, what you would have done in a different situation. I, I have a bunch of players. I was like, man, if I did this, I would have had a pick. If I didn't drop the ball, I would have had a pick, you know. But at the end of the day, you don't, you don't have a second chance when it's five seconds left in the game, fourth and goal. You know, when, when the other team makes a play, you know, sometimes it's either you have to adjust quick or it's too late. You know, now Cam has to look at film and then think about next time he does that play, all right, now I have to bounce. But guys on the defensive end aren't stupid either, man. You know, the, the guys he's playing against next week here, hey, Cam said on this play he might bounce next time. So if we chop the fullback, he might bounce. Well, that's what I would think. I'm a guy that watch a lot of film. I don't know about these other guys, but you can definitely tell who watch film and who don't. But... Cam Cam's a great player. I I love Cam's game, but to me, it's almost like they're having Cam play Tim Tebow football right now. Like Cam is running the ball like crazy, and it's cool having a running quarterback, but he's the same guy that complains about getting hit all the time, too. And he got flipped at the end of the game to lose, you know? Yeah, I mean, 30 for 44, 397 yards. Like you said, he's playing a little Tim Tebow football, but we're also seeing him pass a little bit more than we yeah. saw him down there in Carolina. But the way that that Seattle defense spied him out, was was there ever a point in time, Ryan, when you were on the field when you're like, okay, the offense, they're coming with this. We already know. Let, let's stuff it out before it even comes out, comes around and, and, and makes us have to have, have our heads spinning. No, 100%. It's definitely, it's definitely uh, times when you say, hey, they're about to do this. Mm-hmm. What's what's the move? Like, what are we going to do? We have to stand up in this moment. And sometimes you do and sometimes you don't, man. At the end of the day, both sides are getting paid. And Seattle defense knew exactly what's coming. I, I think it was a timeout before that play. So Pete Carroll was probably said in the huddle, hey, they're giving the ball to Cam. He's their best player at this moment. And in fourth and one thirty ones, he's been converting them all season long. So go go line to go, they're gonna get the ball to Cam. So hey, we have to make a play right now if we want to win this game. And that's when you know when you're ready, you know, um, and they made the play. Sometimes the coaches be in the huddle. I remember a play from Dallas. The coach was in the huddle and coach Coach Tomlin was like, Hey, they're about to run a screen. They're about to run a screen. And <laughs> I was and I was saying the same thing. I'm like, hey man, they about to run a screen. Watch out for the screen. It was second and eighteen. Height. I'm on the other side of the field. All I see is, all I hear is scream from the sideline. All you see is Zeke go for 81. I'm like, oh. come on, man. Like, we just gave you, we just gave you the 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 clues. We gave you the cheat code to the test. Like, come on, you gotta follow. You know, sometimes guys just do what they want to do. Yeah, you you hit him with that up up down down left right left right A B A B start select, but they, they weren't trying to take the bait there. And like uh, you said, eighty one yards to the house that's a problem. But you know, looking at the two quarterbacks, Cam Newton, Russell Wilson, you know, it makes me think that Cam Newton is is one of the few quarterbacks in the league that doesn't have a baseball background that is successful and that has been successful. We've seen him win an MVP, but. Looking at Russell Wilson, we know his baseball background, played minor league ball, you know, played at NC State. Uh, you, you look at, at, at Kyler Murray, a, another guy, baseball, ba- the only player to ever get drafted in the NFL first round and the Major League Baseball first round draft. And we just see everything that he's able to stack up. And it just appears that guys with these baseball backgrounds are the ones that thrive. You know, when I used to work with Donovan McNabb, I, I tried to get McNabb to, to push this issue and, and be like, hey, man. 
if I go out there and say that quarterbacks with baseball backgrounds, they're just a little bit better, it makes me sound like a washed-up baseball player who's just trying to push that <laughs> narrative. But McNabb, he played, he played baseball, and it's just the ability for these guys to throw on the run, slide when under duress, and throw hmm. across their body. And what we're seeing from a guy like Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, we're seeing that baseball background really come to life on Sundays. No, we're definitely starting to see it because – I think Kyler Murray plays shortstop or something like that. But you definitely see, Russell, that they're so used to being in awkward positions throwing the ball. Even though it's a totally different ball, they're, they're used to being in that, that position. So if they're an outfielder and they're running to make a catch and then throwing it to home or throwing it to third, their body's in an awkward position, but they're slinging it almost, almost 100 yards. Not 100 yards, but almost like 100 feet or whatever. And, you know to try to get it right into the the uh, third baseman's glove or the home um, the home plate's glove and they have to put the money the, the ball on a dime you know so i think that that stuff really impacts quarterbacks now and i think it's really transitioning back in the day we used to have guys that sit in the pocket and just you know they're throwing dimes putting the uh, every pass on the money like Peyton Manning he's probably one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Some people say he might be the best. Uh, to me, he's not. But I'm just, he, I'm just being <laughs> Uh-oh. honest. Uh-oh. But, uh, Hold on now. That's a whole other conversation for another day. Nah, no, but you know, he's he's definitely a GOAT, 100%. He's definitely a GOAT. But I feel like guys like, like you said, Russ, guys like Tom, who had a little bit of baseball background, guys like uh, Mahomes, these guys are making it so hard to play defense because – they're still fast enough to get out the pocket, get away from D linemen that are four six guys, four seven guys, but actually put the ball exactly where they want to. And I think that's what helps Russ game so much more because I think Russ, his first few years in the league, his old line was was a little crazy. So he let me, I got to get out here and start playing baseball with fools. So now they're getting a little bit better and they're running the ball good and he's getting weapons. He's like, man, I had to, I had to run for my life at first, even though, you know, we had beast mode and, and Legion of Boom, but they weren't depending on Russ to win the game then. Now they're like, hey, we need Russ. And Russ was like, hey, I had to get away and get out of the pocket back then and I can use that skill set now. And you see a bunch of other quarterbacks doing the same thing. Yeah, you know what, though? At the Pro Bowl, one time I asked Patrick Mahomes, and he sandbagged me, man. You know, I asked him, you know, with that baseball background, I said, Pat, if, if you got to throw two weeks just a bullpen side sessions and, and no football motions, no football activity, just on the mound, how hard would you throw? And he was like, uh, you know, well, I'd probably throw about 94 miles an hour or something like that. But this is a dude who was throwing 97 miles an hour when he was a junior in high school. So I don't believe for one second, you know, he's, he's become an MVP and a Super Bowl champion and, and has lost velocity on that fastball. But, I mean, when you see Cam reach back and throw, I mean, he looks like he could be on the mound at, at, at some point in his life. Well, what's it like trying to tackle that cat? You ever go heads up with, with Cam Newton, right? Yeah, man, Cam, he's a huge dude. I mean, huge dude. as big he's as like, all outside. Yeah, man, he's, well, I, I, don't, I don't know his exact measurables, but 6'4", 6'5", 250-ish. He's like a tight end at quarterback, you know. So and day when you're tackling a guy like that, you know you have to bring, you have to bring the force to them because if you don't, they're gonna bring the force to you. And it's just about physics. I'm two twenty, two thirty. When I play, sometimes I got a two fifteen. If I try to tackle Cam and I don't try to bring some type of pop, he's naturally gonna run me over because he's just a naturally bigger person than me. So when you have to tackle those type of guys, you have to make sure. You know, you don't get stiffed arm and things like that because he's 6'5", so he already has length on you. So you have to make sure you get to them quick because if you don't, then they're just naturally going to run you over. And I think that's another reason the Patriots like that quarterback power on fourth and ones. Mm -hmm. If if Cam, if you and Cam meet in a hole one-on-one and you don't bring any type of pop, he's like Derrick Henry. He's going to fall over. Yeah, and sometimes you have to either decide, should I tackle this man? Should I let him go free? Or should I just keep on making that business decision? That business decision would be, let, let me just let him go by here and let's see if someone else can pick him up a little further down the field, yeah. right? Yeah, I could, I could tell you used to play baseball. Yeah, <laughs> but you know That's what? Just, I, I got that from one of your guys. My, my guy, Ike Taylor, would say, man, yeah. sometimes you just got to make a business decision. That's not who you want to tackle at that point in time. Yeah, no, yeah. Like, see, see, see that's, that's what I'm saying. DBs are like baseball players. <laughs> They're over here trying to make business decisions. Uh, like, oh, I'm here to cover guys. Isn't that what Deion said? Something like that. I'm here to cover guys. Like, yeah. I don't get paid to tackle. 
Yeah, you do, man. You part of the defense, man. Yeah, you... And then Dion gets introduced like he's uh King King Joffy Jofer at, at Jackson State University. Yeah, I know, I know you yeah, saw that. The yeah, introduction. I see that. I'm like, come on, man. Come on, man. And I, I'm not gonna lie though. Dion go. Dion gonna have Jackson State right. Give him about two or three years. They're gonna be right. I'm not. Even though his team, they're gonna be wild. You know they're gonna they're gonna follow their coach leadership, and you know he's a wild guy. But I think I think they're gonna I think they're gonna be good there. He's gonna have those cats eating Subway, you know, three meals a week. You know, you know, it's it's footlong season, baby. You know, you hear Prime <laughs> every time that 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 Subway commercial comes on with Bill Belichick cutting the sleeves off of guys. But you know what? <laughs> Let's make a move because uh, I, I didn't want to have to do it, but. We, we have to go to the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, everyone's talking about the Falcons. We already know that they keep taking heat rocks from what happened in the Super Bowl, and then they fall to the Dallas Cowboys, the onside kick. I mean, Ryan, has no one told these cats that, okay, all you need to do is surround that ball and keep the Dallas Cowboys away from that ball as, as much as possible, and that's exactly what they did not do. Cole, this is one of the biggest, thing, biggest problems I had when I played. We all play football but not everybody know the rules. Okay. And, and it's hard now. I'm not going to lie. The NFL changed rules on you every single season. That's why I feel like it's kind of hard for fans sometimes because if you watch basketball, it's the same stuff. You watch soccer, it's the same stuff. With NFL, we change rules so much because it's such a, a fast-paced changing game. Like, you have guys hitting each other a lot harder, you know? And so they change the rules. With the offside kicks and the kicking, they change the rules. And I think they changed the rules when it came to offside kicks, but... It's always been the team that's getting the ball, you can get the ball whenever you want. The, the guy can slip up and tip it off the tee. You can run up and fall on the ball. So I feel like it's either the coaches did a terrible job of coaching this or guys were just lazy and then expect this to happen in the game. They feel I feel like these guys were like, man, somebody else on my team is going to make a play and fall on the ball. And, and when you're waiting for somebody else to make a play, they are, and they end up being the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, but how, how many times is that practice during the week, though? All right, guys, now it's time to do a little onside kick practice. I mean, I've seen it before, whether it's training camp, whether it's the regular season, and apparently the, the application, it, it was not there for the Atlanta Falcons. They practice that every week. Right. Like, we have a period in practice every week for onside kicks. And uh, I remember with the Steelers, every Friday, we, we don't do it until Friday because that's not something that you – that happens every game. Like it, you might get a, somebody kick an offside kick versus you three or four times most throughout the season, but you have to practice it every week. And we would practice it. And a lot of times when offsides happen, it's like the bounce ones, you know. So guys are practicing on those a lot. And I guess the 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 Falcons were practicing on the ones that you know they're kicking, they're bouncing. Somebody try to jump up and get it. But Cowboys, you know, theirs are swirling on the ground. So these guys were like. Man, we have to wait till it's ten yards because when you're not, when you're kicking it, you know I can't touch this ball before ten yards because if I do, they automatically get the ball. So I'm guessing they have guys that are on both sides of the ball. But with the Steelers, we understand it's going to be guys coming to try to hit you so you don't get the ball. But also, you have to get the ball before anybody else can touch it. And I feel like that's just lack of coaching. Like I, I don't, I, I I'm not taking it easy on any of the coaches at the Falcons right now because that's that that's bullshit, man. Like. Dallas Cowboys were down almost 20 points, and you let them come back, make an offside kick, and then come down and win the game. Like, that's that's lack of leadership, man. And, and th that's the same stuff that happened in the Super Bowl, man. They they got complacent. They thought they won the game. And you, the game is over when the, the – uh, this is what I could say. The game is over when you're walking to the parking lot. It, like, if you're not walking to the parking lot, then the game ain't over, you know, and and that's what happened to the Falcons. They, I mean, they, you know, Julio probably had his had his uh, I don't know what kind of car he had, but he probably had his Bentley <laughs> turned on already. You know what I'm saying? Matt Ryan, you know, he probably was already talking to his kids, thinking like, oh, this is a game over. Coach already said, hey, victory formation, get ready. You know, it's not that moment in the NFL. Guys are always trying to win because at the end of the day. The Cowboys division, even though I think it, everybody loves that division, but I think it might be the worst division in football, honestly, because they're always competing. And, yes, and that's, that's good, but it's not a good division. And that division, it's always, you can win one less game and you're out of the playoffs. You can lose the, not again in the playoffs by one game. So the Cowboys, they needed that because they start off 0-2. You already have two teams in your divisions with wins. So they, they didn't want to be the ones missing out. 
Absolutely. The Eagles last season won the NFC East at, at nine and seven. And it looks like that's where this division is headed towards another time this year, because I, I don't see anyone in that that division being competitive when it comes to playing solid football. And, and it's almost like Atlanta that they played not to lose the game, Ryan, as opposed to, hey, let's go out here, guys, and let's win this game. Let's put Dallas away because Dallas, they crept back in and we saw them kick that game winner 40 to 39. They walked away with that W. They, they, they won the game in the parking lot. You know, the game was over and they were the winners on that one. Like, like you said, man, I, don't, I don't know what's going on, man, <laughs> but that, that's unacceptable. Absolutely. Just the mistakes that Atlanta made down the stretch. Is, is there any one mistake that, that you made where you're like, oh, man, you know, we talked about ifs just a little bit ago. Is there one? If I would have made this play, this would have happened. Anything you wish you could have back? I don't I don't really have a lot of ifs because yeah. I always play, you know, at my best ability. Is this definitely times I was like, man, I probably should have you know, jump this route, I knew it was coming, but I, I don't try to go back and, and look at that type of stuff because when when you start looking into the past, then you closing the window for your future, man. So I don't I don't try to do that too much. Look at that. You sound sound like a philosopher. I mean yeah. <laughs> when you look into the past, you close doors to the future. I might have to make that put that on a t-shirt. I mean, come on now. All right, let's let's keep it moving again, man, because we last week, week two, I mean, it has to be one of the most injury-prone weeks in, in the history of the league. I mean, we saw guys go down for the entire season, Ryan. And, you know, I mean, wh whether or not it was the half of the San Francisco 49ers or Christian McCaffrey, so, some big injuries to some big guys. I mean, to see Christian McCaffrey get banged up, I, I know that's not what Carolina had in their game plan. No, not at all, man. This, I think this was a historic week. They said it was seven uh, ACL tears in this one weekend. Oh, terrible. Man, I, like, I really feel bad for those guys, man. You Me, me getting injured myself, not being able to play the game, I understand it's tough. But just not to be able to play throughout the whole season, you know, you had really big plans. Nick Bosa, I feel like he was going to have a great season. Saquon, he was going to bounce back. I honestly don't think the Bears would have won that game if Saquon was playing. But I, I just really feel bad for those guys, man. I, I, I honestly feel the lack of preseason games kind of has something to do with this because in in preseason, you know, you're normally going against other teams. Some teams do the the uh, inner squad matchups. Um, when you're going against your own teammates, sometimes you're tackling them, but you're not. You're not every every day. You're not going as hard as you can because at the end of the day, you're like, hey, at the end of the day, we're trying to win. I'm not trying to beat up my guy, you know. So. And once halfway through camp comes, you're playing, you're practicing hard, but you're not practicing like you have a game. And then when you have preseason games, it warms guys up. You know, it gives them uh, 10 minutes to play, then 20 minutes to play, I mean, five minutes, then 10 minutes, then, th then 20 minutes. Because an average player only plays about 30 minutes a game. You know, it's 60 minutes in a whole game, but an average player throws about 30 minutes. So the preseason warms you up to be prepared to play 30 minutes full force football. And so you get five, 10, 20 minutes. And then now when it's the first game of the year, you're a little rusty, but you're ready to go. Now these guys went from, man, I'm not trying to tackle my guys as hard as I can to full go, full go, full blast. Let's go right now. You go from zero to 30, zero to a hundred, man. Like when it comes to football, your body's not prepared for that. And I think that's what happened. A lot of guys bodies weren't prepared for it this weekend. Yeah, it looked like Saquon looked like he was hurt before he was even actually taken down. And once he finally hit the turf, I mean, we, we already knew kind of what was coming, but the, the inevitable is not what we really wanted to hear. We were hoping, you know, maybe for a midseason return or, or maybe yeah. just a strain or a sprain with that knee. But the ACL, you know, his season has come to a close. If you could give Saquon any advice, Ryan, what, what would it be right now? My biggest advice for Saquon is just to stay positive. I know he's a super hard worker. Yeah, I know he's going to bounce back really, really solid. I know he had a few injuries, and I, I know in, in his head, he's probably like, damn, I'm going through an injury bug right now. It's like, and he doesn't feel like he's pretty much uh, holding up to his own standard, probably, because I know he has a really high standard for himself. I remember when I was in my second year and third year, my first year I got hurt pretty bad, then my second year I got hurt for a while, too. Then on Twitter, people start saying, man, you're like, you're like a glass house. You're always hurt and things like that. And it kind of gets to you mentally because you're like, man, like I'm out here giving my all to you guys and you guys are criticizing me off of injuries that I can't even, I can't even, I, I'm not asking to get injured, you yeah. know? So uh, I know he's probably, that's something that he's probably just like, damn. And, but just tell him to stay focused, stay positive. He's a hard worker. So he's going to grind and, and come back and, and be just as good. But just pretty much don't let the doubts get inside your head. 
and just know that you're still the best running back in the NFL when you come back. Absolutely. I think on Instagram or Twitter, I know he put something out to the tune of, you know, the comeback story is going to be unbelievable. I can't wait to see how he comes back. And, uh, you know, hopefully he comes back even better and bigger than before, because that's what we see with with ACLs these days. I mean, it's almost like Tommy John surgery on, on the baseball side. It's it's almost preventative when these guys yeah. get hurt. I mean, they bounce right back even better than before. Yeah. Yeah. Think about it. ACLs used to be a career in the injury. Yep. And now I, mean, I think the quickest back was like AP. He was seven months, six months, some eight months. And, and it used to be a whole year. So it's crazy that guys are recovering at such a, a rapid rate. And then Saquon's a guy who's going to work hard. I, I just want to make sure that he doesn't work himself too hard. Don't overwork yourself. I just want to make sure he comes back and be ready to go for the new season that comes next year. I don't want him to overwork himself. But to me, this is why I always hated turf, though. I don't know if Saquon got hurt on turf because I think they played in Soldier Field. Yeah, it was in Chicago. So, yeah, they played so on they, that, that good old-fashioned grass right yeah, off of Lakeshore Drive. Yeah, they played on grass. But I think they said San Francisco, they played on turf in MetLife. Yeah. And I heard that's like a newer turf or something like that that they played on. And you know what's crazy? San Francisco goes right back and play in MetLife again. You know, so I never liked the turf. I, I had a few injury problems, but the, the thing is with turf, I feel like turf, it doesn't have any give. You like, you know, if you go outside and play backyard football, mm -hmm. people slip or something like that. You slip on the grass, boom, you might tear up some grass, dirt come up. You know, but you go, you know, but with turf, if you slip and your foot gets caught, it's stuck. It's there. It's not giving. Like, it's like carpet. You know, so pretty much if your foot gets stuck and you're going in a different direction, boom, it causes knee problems. It causes a lot of injuries. And I know a lot of owners like turf because it's a lot less maintenance. When you have big venues, you don't have to cover up grass and things like that. And it's it's a lot cheaper to take care of turf than it is the grass because turf, turf lasts longer. But it, at, at what liability? You know, because at the end of the day, the Giants, how many less fans are everybody having in their stadium? Because they're already 0-2. And Saquon not playing? Everybody in the Giants stadium wears Saquon jerseys. So That's Saquon true. not playing. Saquon not playing. And we barely beat the Bears, who barely beat the Lions. Like, come on now. Like, I, I don't, obviously they're one and one, but I mean, not one and one, they're 0 and two, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. Well, when it comes to that, that turf, I, obviously grass is what everybody wants to play on, but that field turf, the one thing that always jumped out to me is the fact that there's all those little pieces of chopped up tire that, that just spray up. And when anyone's watching a game, if they see that black spray when someone's dragging their toe, like our, like our guy Nate Burleson says with that toe drag swag. But if your shoes aren't spatted, how crazy is that when you get pieces of rubber stuck inside of your shoes? Because, I'm, I mean, I know if I get one, even, even if it's like a, a, a cat's claw that gets stuck in my shoe or something like that that's walking around, I mean, I, you feel like it's that pebble in, in your shoe that you mm -hmm. just can't get rid of. So I, I can only imagine if a guy has a shoe full of rubber tire pieces in their kicks. No, that definitely happens. That definitely happens. But, you know, when you're playing a game, it, it, it's like getting dirt in your shoe. You know, it's, it's not that bad. You don't really get that many into your, inside your shoe. Really? So it's, it's like you get them inside your shoe, but it doesn't really feel that bad because you're so focused on playing football, you don't give a damn about like a little, it's like really small pieces. It's like almost smaller than a size of rice. So it's, it's not that bad. You know, just, it, it might fall in your shoe or something like that. But I actually got a, a a crazy story when it comes to turf. Okay. Man, we went we went to Buffalo, right? And uh, it was like probably 18 degrees, but it was like a blizzard. It was a, a blizzard outside. It was a blizzard outside. And uh, I had talked to my teammates and I was like, man, it's so cold out here. I don't feel good, bro. I'm about to, I'm about to wear sleeves. Back when I was like, when I was playing, it was like my third year. And I was like, I'm about to wear sleeves. And back then the defense didn't wear sleeves. Nobody on the defense wore sleeves. Mm. So there's like, nah, you're not gonna wear no sleeves, right? And I'm like, I'm like, what you mean? Like, I'm, I'm about to wear sleeves. It's cold and I don't feel good. They're like, no, you're not. We're gonna find you five grand per sleeve. I was like, F it, I'll take it. And they was like, no, you're still not wearing sleeves. Was that was that a kangaroo court kind of thing? Like, okay, yeah, we're gonna find you behind closed doors, uh, five thousand bucks a sleeve. That's just something yeah. that you guys had going in the locker room. Yeah, it was just more okay. like a like the defense talking to each other. Like, no, nah, yep. you ain't gonna do that. We're gonna find you, and then you gotta pay uh, the defense ten grand, like to the defense. I'm like, I don't care. I'm wearing sleeves, and they're like, you're still not wearing them. I'm like, you know, it's like Coach Tomlin, like Ryan want to wear sleeves, and then Coach Tomlin's like, no, nah, the defense don't wear sleeves or something like that. I'm like. Like man, what? Like oh, he was like linebackers don't wear sleeves. I was like, what? I was like, I was like, 
fuck it. I'm like, if y'all don't want me to wear sleeves, I'm about to go out here in this blizzard and get sick and say it's all y'all fault with no shirt on. And that's where I started wearing no uh-huh. shirt. And it was like freezing cold out there. And the thing that's so crazy about the turf is when I was warming up out there in the cold, they had like a Zamboni because it was so much snow. So they was trying to push it off the field. But this is another thing I don't like about turf. All those pebbles got pushed to the side of the field. So now it, was, it, it wasn't even like grass anymore. It was literally just, uh, it was like carpet for real. Like it didn't even have the pebbles in there. So like if your feet give or when you're running or things like that. So now we had like a 20 minute delay because they had to pit all, they had to like try to even out the field again to put all the pebbles back in. But I just wanted to tell that story because that's the main reason I actually started wearing those shirt because my teammates were being assholes. Yeah, the, the turf at MetLife, it's, I think it's worse than the Jets Super Bowl chances right about now because uh, ne- neither one of them looking very good. San Francisco, they, they absolutely put put a whoop on the Jets and they'll have to do it again week three versus the Giants. Now, is is that how, how things unfolded with you when it came to being shirtless? But uh, one thing I want to know, Ryan, is to, to combat the cold, did you, did you maybe like slather up some Vaseline or something? I know there's some tricks to stay warm out there when it's absolutely freezing cold, but with no sleeves, I mean, if, if you're putting out some, some Vaseline on your arms there, it's going to be a little tough. No, I'm not going to lie. Cold. I'm, I'm about to tell a secret. I hate the cold weather just as much as anybody. Literally. Okay. I, I hate it. I hate it, the cold weather. But the thing is that was, was cool was I started seeing like the attention I got from it. And I wasn't like trying to be an attention seeker. But I seen that guys were like, man, this guy is crazy, man. It's negative six degrees out here. He has no shirt on. Like, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not trying to play in this weather. You were and just trying kinda, to get your grown and sexy on. That's what it was, wasn't it? You know, that's what, man, that's what you know, it was, man. You, you get know, little, get some Instagram, get some likes, get some favorites. I mean, you know, you, I mean, it doesn't yeah. hurt. Man, I'm trying to get you know a little People Magazine Best Man of the Year, something like that. <laughs> Hey, I, hey, anytime you can call attention to, to us light-skinned and bald dudes, I mean, hey, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm all, all right. for it. I have no problem hey, with that. I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Now, but, now, but the thing is, I started noticing that guys around the league were like, man, bro, like, why you wear, why you wearing, like, no shirt on? It's, it's super cold out here. Like, dudes don't even want to play out here in this weather. And once I heard them say that, I'm like, yo, I'm in your head. Like, so you like you telling me you already don't want to play. First of all, I want to play. In this land, you know I want to play more. But the fact that you don't like this weather too, thank you for giving me that that two percent advantage over you. Yeah, it's almost you. You remember back in the day when that when the old school quarterback from the Minnesota Vikings came out and and he had a short sleeve shirt on and it was legit like negative thirty below and my man was out there just a, in a ball cap and a and a sleeveless collared shirt like it was just another day at the park. Yeah, it's like. Once you start, because like it was, it was crazy cold. Because that year we ended up playing the Dolphins, and it was like negative, like before we warmed up in the game, it was like negative eighteen. And I was like, yeah. First of all, we played the Dolphins negative eighteen. I was like, I didn't even have to wear no shirt. I knew it's like, a wrap. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was because I just talked to my family, and they're from Fort Lauderdale, and they said, yeah, it's man, it's, it's seventy five degrees out here, man. It's a oh. great day in December. I was like, me in January. I was like, oh yeah. These guys are coming up here, negative 18, they don't want to play. Like, and then we we seen it. Like, guys were wearing, like, the big hoodies that the NFL wear for guys that aren't playing on the sideline. The big, it's, like, big, <laughs> comfortable. It got, like, almost fur inside. And then they had, they had the turf shoes on, and we have a grass field. And we're like, so y'all wearing turf shoes? Because y'all think it's cold out here, and you're still supposed to wear cleats. So we was like, oh, yeah, we don't have to worry about these guys. Like, yeah. and they lost sure that enough, one as soon as they got off the bus. Yeah, as soon as they got off the bus, we seen what they were wearing, and we was over there just wearing regular warm up gear, and we knew this. We had this game. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of cold weather either. Even though I'm from Chicago, I, I've been out where it's so cold. I mean, they canceled school, but me and my guys, we we walked up to the local uh, little little convenience store to play Mortal Kombat on the old school <laughs> on the old school video game console, and it was so cold. When you go and you breathe in through your nose, like your nose would freeze shut. And we, we knew we weren't supposed to be outside, but, you know, we had to get that Sub-Zero and that Scorpion on, man. That's just how yeah. it was back in the day. And yeah, uh, you Mortal Kombat is still, still a, a dope game. I actually got that game. I'm, I'm not but, that good but, at it. But man. not on that new Xbox, though, because you're still waiting, still looking at that phone, wait, <laughs> waiting, waiting for that confirmation oh. code. Mm-hmm. Well, we're, we're going to get back to that, and we're going <laughs> to get back to your Steelers in just a second. They're 2-0, but first, we got to take a quick break. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Heineken. Heineken would like to remind you that it's time for seasonal beers again. That's right. If you thought a cold, crisp summer Heineken was something, just wait until you taste Heineken's fall lineup. Is it a new product? Nope. Just the same great tasting lager that's perfect for any season. And when the weather starts to cool off just a little bit and football's in full swing, there's nothing better to quench your thirst than an ice cold Heineken. Heineken, original lager is made with pure malt and their famous A yeast, which makes Heineken an all season, all the time kind of beer. So pick up a pack or get it delivered, whatever your style is. And as always, remember, please drink responsibly. The Ringer NFL Show is brought to you by FanDuel. We're teaming up with FanDuel again this football season, but we've got something new this time around. All season long, you can play the free Ringer Mega Contest on FanDuel, and here's how it works. Just pick five NFL games against the spread, including one double-down pick. You get one point for every correct pick and two, that's right, two if you hit your double-down. Now, FanDuel will add up your score every week. Just finish in the top 100 on the season-long leaderboard to make the playoffs, and guess what? you get to compete for a share of $25,000. It's just that simple. Now, this week, I feel great about Kansas City despite their underdog status over Baltimore. And Minnesota, well, they're going to get in the win column at the house versus Tennessee. And if there's any game that I could stay away from this week, it would be the Jets. I'd avoid them all season long at all costs. Now, listeners, if you haven't joined up yet, you can still join. But realistically, this is the last week if you want to be able to make up some ground on the competition because, as we told you earlier, the top 100 make the playoffs to compete for a share of 25 k That's right, $25,000. So play the Ringer Mega Contest for free every week only on FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash Mega Contest to make your picks today. That's FanDuel.com slash Mega Contest. All right, here, back here on the show, keep sticking and moving, and it's playbook time, and uh, we like to dive deep each and every single week here, and we like to maybe uncover some stones that haven't been turned around so far, and uh, wh- why not go with the Pittsburgh Steelers, because Ryan, your squad, hold on a second now, 2-0, and I-, I thought they were going to win a little bit bigger over the Denver Broncos, but nevertheless, they went out there, they, they limited them when it came to the run game, and that's one of the things that, uh, when I look at Pittsburgh, whatever they do, what, what do they do best? Well, it's almost like they're, and I don't take this disrespectful at all, but it's almost like they're a miniature New England from back in the day. They take away what you do the best and they make that your weakness. And then everything else, well, you have to be on your A game because if not, you're going to lose that ball game. And that's exactly what we saw with Denver, despite the fact that Drew Locke was hurt, Jeff Driscoll, he tried his best. But the Steelers, they're going to be a problem this year for a whole bunch of teams, man. Yeah, I, I think that the Steelers are going to be a really good team. I, I project us to win 12 or 11 games this year. Uh, I, I seen a stat a while ago. It said, when you lose your starting quarterback, you, you typically should give him four games, and that's kind of end up the record that like makes up for how many losses you would have had with or without him. Mm-hmm. And that would, get, that would make us 12 and four. That used to be a, that used to be a bye, but in the, in the, in the, now there's only one team get a bye. So we're going to see how everything pan out. But you see where I'm, you see where I'm going with this. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the st- the the defense looks they look really good. They look damn good. Like some mm-hmm. people told me, this is probably one of the best defenses they've seen in a long time, and I, and I totally agree. But the biggest thing that I have with us right now is that I want us to do this versus a quality opponent too, and I think we can. I know we can, but I just want to make sure we do it versus somebody quality. You know, because at the end of the day, people aren't gonna say nothing until we do this versus Lamar. We do this verse, you know, the Texans who come in next week, you know, versus Deshaun, you know. So uh, I honestly think the defense is going to be where we need to be at. And I, I'm, I'm really excited about them. You know, TJ, Bud, they're a problem on the edges. Yeah. Uh, Tyson Walu-Walu, he's playing damn good at nose tackle right now. And I don't think a lot of people are talking about him. We had Hargrave last year and Hargrave was good. He was super good at pass rush. But I think Tyson does a great job at stopping the run. And that's what the Steelers are all about. If we stop your run, now we control what you do. And if you're going to pass the ball, let me know if TJ or Bud not going to get there. And if they don't get there, Stephon or, or Cam going to get there. Or if he ain't going to get there, yeah. Trey Edmonds <laughs> or, or Mike Hilton going to get there. Because we yeah. send in everybody. You don't know where it's coming from. And so I'm, I'm excited. And the thing I'm most excited about right now, honestly, isn't the defense because I knew what the defense was about. When I was with the team last year, I seen it. Like I feel like we had we had a top five defense last year, and Madden acts like we had a top thirty defense. I don't know why, but um, that's another topic. 
But, uh, Cats really take offense to Madden rankings, though. At first, I thought it was a game. I mean, obviously, it is a game. But the way that guys look at their ratings, I mean, as soon as the game hits the streets, Cats are trying to check out those ratings, whether it be defense or individual ratings. And if it's not up to snuff, I mean, they really take exception to that. Yeah, no, because because at the end of the day, it, it really just showed, it's showing what somebody thinks of you as a player or as a team. You know, so if you get underrated in every, like, the ESPN top 100. They said TJ was in the top 50. TJ came second in MVP voting last year. And he's constantly had back-to-back great seasons. But the game has 50 to 70 guys rated above him. So that's basically Mm -hmm. saying, you don't think I'm one of the best players in the NFL. You know, or the defense was the top five defense. They had the best, the some of the most turnovers, you know. But since they don't have the superstar guys that everybody knows around the league, they're like, hey, your defense isn't rated that good, which is crazy to me because at the end of the day, these guys work just as hard as these other guys and they're proven. So that's why guys get mad. But I'm not going to even talk about matter right now. What I'm actually <laughs> excited about, what I'm actually excited about is our offense, man, because Deontay Johnson, Juju and Chase are going to be a problem because Chase has, what, three catches as a rookie? One catch was an amazing, it looked like an Antonio Holmes uh, replica, but it wasn't in the end zone. The other catch was an 80-yard 80, 80 touchdown, you know, f- for a bomb. He's, what, 6'4", 6'5", 230. He's playing good. Then it's a, I, think it's, I think it's just fun to be right now because he has a bunch of weapons all over the field. I just want to see us put more points on the board, you know. And then James and Benny are doing well with a uh, with a combination back there because I know a lot of guys were knocking James last week because he wasn't playing. Benny had a hundred yards and had a, a bunch of carries and did well. But James, he came back and was like, "Hey, I'm still James Conner." Bounced out a hundred yards. So I'm, I'm excited about this offense. I think this offense has a lot to do is growing. It's a young offense with an old leader. So that's what I'm really excited about. But the defense, I already knew what they had coming. Right, like Coach Tomlin, he 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 thrives on defense. Even though uh, I like to mess with him sometimes because he was a receiver in college. Just what a lot of people don't know, but he's a he's a great defensive coach. Um, but he wants to make sure he forces you to get in situations that you don't want to get in. Because if if TJ know you passing the ball on second down, man, it's it's it's, it's hard to, it's hard to block a watch. Yeah, no, and, and like you said, you know what the defense was going to bring to the table this year, but it's the offense that you, you're, you're most impressed with. But they had that big playability. I mean, with James Conner, like you said, week one, things didn't go his way, but 106 yards this week, and, and, and it, it seems as if when when things get going, that that's when he really starts to carry that load. I mean, he's one of those guys who's – I'm not necessarily saying he's a volume back, but the back half of his runs are always the ones that are more impressive. And that 59-yard run, that, that, that long run he had on Sunday – that's that big playability. And like Chase Claypool, like you said, an 84-yard touchdown for that young dude to come out there and show out. It's that big playability that Ben right now is able to tap into. And when that defense is playing like that and Ben could pull the trigger any which way he wants to, like we said, this Pittsburgh Steeler team, they're going to be a problem all season long for everybody on their schedule, even the teams that right now are favored to beat them. Yeah, I think it'll be a problem. Like, I don't know before this season or at them before the season if – the Texans were projected to beat the Steelers, but I don't, I don't, I don't see it happening. I don't, I don't see it happening. Uh, Deshaun has the weapons. Obviously, he has fast receivers, but the Steelers, they're they're known for making sure they don't get beat over top. So they're not going to allow Will Fuller to uh, Will Fuller or uh, Brandon Cooks to have a track meet. That's not what they're about to allow to happen. And then they're about to send so much pressure at Deshaun. He's going to be like, yo, what's going on? So I'm excited about this this season. And then I, I actually like this playbook, man, because we're going to be diving into every yeah. team. You know, so, you know, what are we going to talk about the Steelers? And then next week I might talk about the Texans. You know, next mm-hmm. week I might talk about the Saints. So I'm, I'm excited about what we got coming with this playbook section because I, I love diving in to, to each team, what, what they have and, and the future that they hold. Yeah, we know that the Pittsburgh Steelers, however, the cream of the crop when it comes to the to the NFL and championship pedigree. But, you know, when, when it comes to the Steelers, we, we've seen what they've been able to do so far at 2-0. It's one of the best starts in a while because, you know, 2-0 starts, not easy to come by. I think a lot of teams take things for granted. But when it comes to what the Steelers do on the field and off the field, is there anything that, that you've experienced that you've seen from the outside looking in that this organization does better than anyone else? To me, I think this organization does a great job of caring for the guys and treating them like guys, treating them like people. 
A lot of other organizations, guys tell me, man, the coaches, man, when we're around, they, you know, they stand offish. They don't really talk to us as much. They, you know, they treat it as a business. You know, the the coaches and the players, they all joke around. You know, they all, when it's time to be serious, everybody's on point. But when it's time to, to uh, you know, to let loose, they let loose. And I, I think they do a great job of really, let me say, like this, understanding their employees, understanding the guys that they're working with, and understanding, like, what's his benefit, what's his strength, and just actually getting to know the people. Like, Mr. Rooney knows my kids' names. Yep. He knows he knows my wife. Obviously, I'm a, a different case because I've been hurt and things like that. But before I got hurt, he knew all this stuff. You know, and when guys come in, they know this stuff. And then the longer you're there, the more they get to know you. You know, so I, I think they do a great job of that. One thing that I like that Coach Tomlin does, and I think every coach does this, but I haven't been in other locker rooms, is that he breaks each session of the season down into quarters. So right now, they're starting off 2-0. That's a great start. I'm not going to even lie. I don't think I ever started 2-0 when I was with the Steelers. Okay. So, and I'm actually excited because they're going to be a problem. I'm, we might have had one season, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah, and that's why I wanted to ask you because we, we do know that coaches, they break the season down into four quarters just like a game. And what you want to do is you want to win each and every single quarter, whether mm. it's you go three and one or e even two and two. If you win all the rest of the quarters, you'll be sitting pretty right there. And Coach yeah. Tomlin with the two and oh start, he has to feel good about it right now. Yeah, I think he feels pretty good, but Coach Tomlin's on a game-to-game uh, -game basis. He doesn't try to think too far ahead. Okay. You know, and he try to just stay focused on who he has next because, like I said before, when you when you start counting your sheep or, or or looking ahead of time, that's that's when they that's when they come and get you. You know, so uh, I think he's just excited about the Texans. He's excited about playing a, a solid team like the Texans and know that hey, they have a pretty good defense, but their offense has has some firepower. And he, he Coach Tomlin loves the challenge. He loves figuring out the puzzles and figuring out the clues and figuring out what he can do to take advantage of it and, and just to get them out of their element. You know, for instance, Deshaun likes to run around and pass it a lot. And they they might not want to run the ball this much. De Coach Tomlin might be like, hey, y'all going to have to beat me with David Johnson. And I'm not saying that a they can't win with David Johnson, but I don't think that's the way they want to win, you know? No, that, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, you said 11, 12 wins. Is is that where you're going? Is that your prediction for this uh, 2020 Pittsburgh Steelers ball club? Yeah, I think 11, 12 wins. And then if okay. they get in the playoffs, it's going to be a problem. But what, 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 I want to hear your take, man. I've been talking about the Steelers. What, how, what do you think about the Steelers? You know, I, I like the Steelers. I mean, I predicted the Steelers at the beginning of the season, right where you're at, 11, 12 wins. I think I said 10 to 11 wins, but I still see them, you know, making the postseason as that wild card. I don't, I don't see them winning the division, and, and that's no disrespect. It's only because, you know, we've got uh, an, an unbelievable cat in the reigning MVP in Lamar Jackson over there in Baltimore. I mean, that, that's the only problem, and that's the only reason I say that they're not going to win the division this season. No, I respect that. I can, okay. I can definitely see that. And this is why I say that the Steelers' defense had to do this versus a quality opponent. Because mm -hmm. if you see them do this versus somebody quality, then you would know, all right, this is this is this is where they're at. You know, right now everybody has them in their top five ranking. They're they're, they're looking really solid. But this is we have to do this versus a quality outfit like Houston. And then you see how the last two teams beat Houston sound. The Steelers are going to have to do something like that or just show that, hey, we're here. And then when they play the Ravens or when they play somebody else tough, we're going to see. But I think this is what I'm excited about with, with uh, the Ravens. They played Kansas City this week. And we're going to see mm -hmm. Lamar versus Mahomes. And I want to see, because it was firepower last year, yeah. last year. I want to see if it's the same type of firepower this year. And, uh, and, this, and this is a good thing for Coach Tomlin, too, because it lets him know what he can and can't take away from the Ravens because they're gonna they're gonna put them in some unf uh, unfortunate unwanted situations the Chiefs are because they're gonna they're probably gonna jump out on them because they jump out on pretty much everybody so it's gonna put them in situations they're not really used to so we I, I'm excited to see this game absolutely I think the Pittsburgh Steelers in the AFC North this season are gonna be like the Oakland Raiders over there in the AFC West that they're gonna make that postseason as a wild card but. There's just, you know, too big of an immovable force right in front of them with Kansas City for Oakland and for Baltimore for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But uh, who knows? Anything can happen once you get to that postseason. Now, we're going to get to some likes is what we do around here. That's that's what we do on this show. And we're also going to have some ob observations that we call mic check. That's coming up in just a second. But uh, we have to take a quick break just again. Stick around. Fantasy football is back and you don't want your team to suck. 
My favorite fantasy football punishment I've ever heard is the last place guy had to spend 24 hours in a waffle house and every <laughs> waffle he ate was one hour off of his count. I want numbers. How many did he end up eating? 12 waffles in 12 hours. <laughs> I'm Danny Heifetz. I'm Danny Kelly. And I'm Craig Horlbeck. We host the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on the Ringer Podcast Network. To avoid eating 12 waffles in a waffle house, follow the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on Spotify. All right, welcome back. Uh, it's time for our week two likes. Ryan and I, we're going to show some love to a few cats around the league. And uh, Ryan, who are you smashing that like button on this week, man? So I, I'm going to have to take my dislike back, man. Uh, Ooh, Baker okay. had a great game, man. I ain't going to lie. He had a great game. He bounced back. I, he must have been listening to the podcast because I say he had to perform. He had to get Odell involved. They had to get the running game involved. And that's what they did. And I feel like Baker had a good game. He showed everybody, hey, I'm getting better because at first I said he looked the same. So I'm excited about that. They looked really solid. So I I, I like it, Baker. But I'm I'm going to have to like Joe Burrow, too. Because Ooh, okay. Joe Burrow, man, he's looking solid, man. He's uh He doesn't look like a rookie at all to me. He looks so composed back there, man. So poised. And I think this year is going to be rough for them because they just, they're not as talented as other people. And they're, they're, they have young in some pieces. They're young in some pieces. Mm -hmm. But... I think I think they're gonna be solid, especially with Joe Burrow leading the way. I think they're gonna be a, a solid team. And I remember we played Andy Dalton one year, same team. It was fourth down. You know, you're trying to win a game at the end of the game. And uh Andy Dalton, you know, it was it was crazy because we didn't blitz him, but I think I was in coverage or something, and he started scrambling. And I started running to him, running to him, running to him. I'm like, oh, I'm about to get a sack. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I'm like, he's not about to throw the ball away. He gotta, he gotta try to win the game. You know, so I'm running to him, running to him, running to him. Third down and like five. And he's like, F it, fuck it. The game over, throws the ball out of balance. And I'm like, so you basically just gave up on your team. You know, you like, I'm like, and I, uh, obviously, I, I don't think Joe is going to do that. I feel Joe is going to always try to figure out a way to get a, to get that win in. And it was banging up, was banging up Andy Dalton pretty bad that game. But at the end of the day, I, I don't think you should ever give up on your team like that. So I'm, I like Joe Burrow because I don't think he'll do that. It's, it's like, what did Herm say back in the day? Hello, you play to win the game. <laughs> I mean, that, that's why you got to go out there. You got to play to win that game. And I mean, I, that, that's one of the best sound bites of all time, that and Jim Moore playoffs. And, uh, you know, rest in peace, Denny Green. We, we know that they let him off the hook, but uh, that's here nor there because this week I'm giving the like button to my man, Kyler Murray. I mean, we talked about it earlier in the show, those quarterbacks with that baseball background and Ky Kyler Murray right now, he's turning double plays on cats. And I, did you see that that little stutter step that he did? Like the little hop, skip, and a jump and then just kind of walked right into the end zone, Ryan? I mean, this guy right here, I mean, you said it. He's one of your MVP dark horses. And right now what he's doing, I mean, I know it's early, but 2-0 and for those Arizona Cardinals, that's my guy. That's my guy. Right? I mean, you you, you do sound, sound like Smokey right now at the end of Friday after after Craig knocked out Debo. That's my dog. Because That's my dog. Hey, absolutely. I, I spoke it into existence. I'm telling y'all, Kyle is going to be a problem. Absolutely. I mean, problem, 67 man. rushing yards, got it done with his arm as well. I mean, you have Nuke and Kenyon Drake, all those guys getting after it. I mean, they they just seem like a like an offensive buffet out there in the desert. And with Kyler Murray, I mean, it, it's a steak and buffet lobster, steak and lobster buffet with the way this cat's playing. Yeah, man, they're looking solid. I'm excited I'm excited for Kyler. I, I think he's going to be the MVP for sure. Yeah, and you know, it's funny because, you know, back in the day, I thought like, you know, Steve Wilkes was like, man, you telling me I got fired because I didn't win enough games. And then they hired a dude who didn't win enough games in college. Like, what's going on here? But nevertheless, I still think Steve Wilkes could have had a winning, winning combination down there in Arizona. But Cliff Kingsbury... Doing his thing with Kyler Murray, and, and rightfully so. I mean, there, there's a lot of weapons. I'm really mad about that, the, the the Wilkes firing because I don't think that Cliff deserves the job, and I don't like to say that people don't deserve jobs. I don't honestly, I don't think that he should be in that position. But when it comes to offense, I think that he has a better offense for Kyler yep. than than Wilkes would have had. So I think that's what's saving him because he has the pieces, and then he comes in, and then they draft Kyler when. They gave Wilkes Josh Rosen. Come on now. So yeah. it is with what Kingsbury, it is. He just wasn't able to do it in uh, in Lubbock with uh, with Baker Mayfield or Patrick Mahomes. But that's, <laughs> that's here nor there. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about his inability to win games at the college level. We're talking about the NFL right now and uh, the fact that uh, the Arizona Cardinals are 2-0. Who else are you giving a like button to this week, man? I'm going to have to say the Bucks. I would okay. say just for next, but I'm going to go with the Bucks because— Bounce back win. A bounce back win. And it really showed everybody here. They're trying to figure out how to use their weapons. Last week— they weren't giving Fournette the ball, and 
you know, he was struggling. And then this week, Fournette has 103 yards rushing, mm-hmm. you know, two touchdowns. That man said, I ain't no backup. I'm not no backup. Give me the ball. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying, and, and, and Randall Jones is a good player. He's a really good player. But at the end of the day, Fournette was, is one of the top backs in the league. He's not one of the shiftier guys, but he's one of the guys that's hard to tackle. And he's like, he's like a Derrick Henry or Cam Newton type of guy. But the thing is that's different between those two guys. Those two guys fall forward because they're bigger. He falls forward because he runs harder. He runs really hard. And it makes people not want to tackle him. And I'm, I'm, I like that, man. I, I'm going to give it to Leonard Fournette and the Bucks, man, because they're getting their players involved. And you see they got uh, Mike Evans had seven catches and uh, Scott Miller dropped the touchdown in the end zone, man. We, if, if they start catching the ball, the Bucs, they're going to be a problem. And I think they just went against a, a, a good team at the beginning of the season, even though they lost even though they lost last night. I think they went against a good team last season, and it's going to be all right. How do you tackle a dude like Leonard Fournette? Because, you know, watching him at LSU and watching what he was able to do in his first few years with Jacksonville, I mean, I feel like the dude's beard gets at least 35 yards a game. He, his beard is so much of a grown man, and that's, that's just how he runs the ball. I mean, he runs angry. Yeah, no, he runs really angry. You, he he runs like he he's came from nothing. He's running like he he has a purpose. He has a he's, he's he has something. He has a fight. He is something that's inside of him that's like, hey man, like I'm proving you wrong. He's like Cam right now. He's on a revenge tour. You guys cut me. Nobody wanted me. I'm about to come here and show everybody what I'm about. And uh, the thing about Fournette is that. Everybody has things that they give away, and Fournette does give stuff away. Like, when he's going against linebackers, a lot of times, he spins off of tackles and things like that. When he's going against DBs, he's going to try to run over or jump them. So it's little things like that that you can find out about him, but he he's definitely on his revenge tour. And I'm I'm excited to see what kind of season he has in Tampa. If they keep giving him the ball, I think they're going to have a, 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 some serious problems. Yeah, I want to see if uh, Leonard Fournette makes it on uh, the 10 Questions with Kyle Brandt podcast on Spotify and The Ringer and see and see how he, he gets those angry runs, see if he gets that scepter or that T-shirt sometime this year because Leonard Fournette, man, he's getting after it, no doubt about it. You know, I'm going to give a like to, to maybe a dark horse, a, a guy that we, we didn't even know was going to play this week, and uh, I don't think he knew he was going to play this week either, but Justin Herbert, hold on, Tyrod Taylor, you know, things before – Kickoff didn't go his way. He had to go to the hospital. And Justin Herbert, he stepped in, and albeit in a loss, he had Kansas City shaking in their boots there. for Even if it was only a split second, I mean, for your first game in the National Football League to be up against Patrick Mahomes and the reigning world champions, that man came to play. And we saw the poise from him. I mean, we, we saw him just the way he stepped in, 311 yards. I mean, he was efficient. And to see a big dude like that, one thing that – that, that I'm a big fan of. And if I was a scout, maybe I'd fall into this trap every single time draft time rolled around. But you can't teach size. And Justin Herbert, he has that in spades, man. And if he can put everything together, I think that the Chargers, they may have found their quarterback, even though Anthony Lynn says that Tyrod Taylor, he will be his starter week three. No, I totally understand him having Tyrod come back in because it still gets some leadership. But yeah, Justin had a great game. Mm-hmm. He had better. He had better than I expected. But I, I, I envision him having a good game. For some reason, I like him a lot, man. Like I don't. I, I have no reasoning for liking him. He, obviously, he was a good player in college. He had good numbers, but I like him more than I like some other guys. Yeah. I, I think he, 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 he showed his own. He showed that he's he, he's somebody that's gonna be reckoned with. And um, he, he, he held his own versus Mahomes, man. They had him to the ropes, man. They made mm-hmm. they made them kick a fifty eight yard field goal to win the game. You know, when I knew I knew Coach Lynn wanted to go for it at the end of the game for the win, but you have to go for the tie. You know, you had to put the points on the board. And uh, I, th- I think he did a good job, man. I, th- I think he's going to be a solid quarterback. Uh, I hope Tyrod's all right. Yep. But uh, I, I, think he, I, I think he's going to be a solid quarterback. You know, I, I feel like I don't know as much about Justin Herbert as I should, and it's mainly because Oregon, they play all those Pac-12 after dark games. I mean, if, if you're if you're not really tuned in, if you're not a Pac-12 kind of guy, I mean, you can miss a lot of those games, right? Pac, Mac, all sound the same to me, man. They play football like that. <laughs> you know. Mountain West, I mean, those games that start at, you know, at, at 9 o'clock West Coast time. I mean, if you're on the East Coast, no, no one's tuning in on a Saturday night to catch a midnight football game. Nobody watch West Coast stuff, man. You know, the only people who watch West Coast stuff is West Coast people. You know, and who watches t- football at 10 p.m.? 
Yeah, that's a, that's a little late. I mean, y'all got to gotta change y'all schedule to fit the East East Coast. Like, yeah, t- 10 a.m. <laughs> on the on the West Coast for NFL Sunday. Now that has a nice ring to it. 10 yeah. p.m. to try to catch college football games. No, I'm off of that yeah, one. I'm, I'm good. I, I, I'm off of that. I, I can't get with that at all. I think Not- I, I think I seen a, a Pac-12 game start at 1 a.m. before because it was like a night game for them. I'm like, what was it USC Fresno State when when, uh, yeah, like, when Reggie Bush was putting moves on on Fresno State on the Bulldogs? Yeah, I'm like, y- y'all are asking me to stay up at 1 a.m. Eastern mm-hmm. time to watch a football game that's going to end at four? I'm, I'm sorry, I can't. Yeah, I'm this good is on not that. UFC. It's not over in 20 minutes. Yeah, we're not on a fight island. But you know what time it is? It's time for that microphone check. One, two. What is this? Well, I'll tell you what it is. It's the time when Ryan and I well we we open things up. Ryan's going to let us know what he saw that we didn't this week, and I'm going to let you know what had my blood boiling, what got me all fired up from around the football league this this weekend. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, what. One thing that that really jumped out to me was Monday Night Football. I mean, the the way that the Saints went into that giant Roomba. Uh, Allegiant Stadium, and then I, I, it hurts me to say it, but they, they kind of got smacked. I mean, you you look at what uh, Derek Carr was able to do, and one, one of his biggest pieces to the puzzle had to be Darren Waller. He balled out. I mean, the, the cat, t- 12 catches, 103 yards, and a touchdown. And I mean, you had to hear what John Gruden said about this man after the game. Let's listen up real quick. You know, Darren's a great player, and our job is to try to get him the ball and um, – I've said it before, I don't know if I've said it to you, but I'd take him out of any of the tight ends. And I know Kittle and Kelsey are as good as they get, but Waller's right up there with them. This, this is a second year playing the position. It's astonishing what this man can do. All right, we heard Coach Gruden. I mean, we know he's a passionate guy, and for him to speak of Darren Waller like that, you know Darren Waller has to be smiling from ear to ear because Coach Gruden, you know, when he likes his guys, he really likes them. Uh, case in point, he lives next door to Derek Carr. I mean, Derek Carr one morning is just sitting there going out to, to, the, to the end of the driveway to get the mail or the newspaper with a cup of coffee. And then, then he sees hanging out of the side window. Hey, Derek, what's going on, man? Look at me. Hey, I, I just moved next door. How about this? Hey, we, we can powwow. We can talk about our game plan. I mean, for him to say that about Darren Waller and say he's the best tight end in all the National Football League, I, I'm a big fan of that. I'm a big fan of Darren Waller and his comeback story. And to be honest, I like what the, what the Raiders are doing right now. Man, I think he's gonna be he's a huge mismatch problem. He played receiver in college, he played receiver for uh Baltimore, and they moved him to the tight end, and he's a mismatch problem. He's you have a receiver going against linebackers and, and safeties. It's not it's not fair. And just to mention, Darren Waller got me 28 points in fantasy oh. last night. Let's go. Let's go. I don't hey, even I, want to talk I, about I, fantasy, man. My I fantasy like squad like is so him. garbage. I mean, I <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it, but I mean, we, we apparently were just talking about it. But uh, how about you, man? I need a mic check from you because you're going to give us your perspective from the Mike linebacker spot, something that you saw this week that maybe we didn't see, something that may have eluded our eyes. What is it, man? I'm not going to lie. The most bullshit I've seen this weekend. <laughs> Coming in hot. Hold on. <laughs> was the, the damn Jets. How you get oh, wow. a third and 31, but it wasn't a pass. It was a run. Like, Obviously, you know, a lot of times people get lackadaisical. Like I said earlier with the Falcons, people get lackadaisical. They think the play is over 30, 31. You're like, obviously they're not throwing the ball. You're like, they're not they're not about to try to get 31 yards on us. So, man, somebody's going to make a tackle, pit up our fist, fourth down. Let's go. They run the ball, one dude miss a tackle, out 55 yards. Man, that's oh, man. complete bullshit, man. Like, all you got to do is sit in cover three and wait for the run, man. That's that's just lack of focus, lack of discipline, man. And that's that's just terrible football. And that's, just, that's just the Jets, though, isn't it? I no, mean, Ryan, you, you, you watch football. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's more than the Jets, man. Like Adam Gates, that's terrible coaching, man. You have to have your guys prepared for any moment of the game because guys can score at any moment. But Adam Gates is an offensive genius, Ryan. You didn't know that? Man, how many points they had this week? <laughs> how many points they had this week? Uh, not enough to win. How about that? All right. That's all I'm saying. And, and, and it's because of offense and defense. Offense gets you tickets. Defense win you championships. Like, unless you the, unless you the freaking Chiefs. You know, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just saying, man, like, at the end of the day, 30 and 31, you can sit and prevent and let them run the ball and somebody will still tackle them. Like, that's, that's, that's complete bullshit, man. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for cussing so much on the mic right now. <laughs> But well, like you're that, not even a made, Jets fan, but Jets football can do that right. to you. Did, I don't know if you saw Mike Greenberg from ESPN the way he went off about the Jets. He's a lifelong Jets fan, and I mean it was just a, a, a scathing review of Adam Gase and the New York Jets right now. I mean he man. took them to task, you know, each and every single step of the man. way. It's it's funny to see that actually. 
Man, Greenberg, when I was watching him, had, uh, I think it was, yeah, like black hair. Now his hair is gray. He's going to be bald like us soon because yeah. of the Jets. Yeah, the Jets, the Jetropolitans, they continue to Jetropolitan things up because right <laughs> now, not too good. They lost to San Francisco, of course, 31 to 13 on their home turf. And uh, yeah, you know, one thing we want to do is we also want to send out some prayers to James White because we know the unfortunate circumstances that that he was faced with on game day, you know, did not play, you know, the loss of his father. And, you know, at last look, his mother still in critical condition. And that's, that's never what you want to see for anyone in the league, man. Yeah, no, that, that one's a little personal to me because I actually played a video game with James and he's a super good guy, man. And um, it's unfortunate to see that happen. Uh, you would never wish that on anybody. No. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to hear about that, James. You know, we're praying for you. We hope everything's okay. We hope your mother make it through it. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm terribly sorry to hear about what happened. Absolutely. And you, we saw Russell Wilson, you know, send his condolences right off the top. That was how he he led his postgame sound after the win on Sunday night because he's a teammate of James White from, you know, University of Wisconsin. So to see the league with that outpouring of support for James White, I mean, it's just unbelievable. And it just really shows you what kind of a brotherhood the National Football League is. And when 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 things get tough for one guy, everybody seems to stick together and that's just yeah. been that's been unbelievable and that's 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 part of the NFL and, and the fraternity that it is man and you know Ryan you know I, I'm lucky to be here with you and and to experience just a little taste of that here on our show each and every single Tuesday and uh you know what as I take a look at the clock that's going to do it for us our time has run its course on this Tuesday edition of the Ringer NFL show and uh make a note because we're part of the Ringer podcast network so of course what you can do is you can follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. And as always, remember to follow us on Twitter at The Ringer NFL. Every Tuesday, we're dropping new episodes. Well, because that's what Ryan and I do. And Wednesday, right here on The Ringer NFL show, it's Warren Sharp and Chris Vernon with those week two analytics. They're going to help give you gamblers out there a few extra greenbacks in your pocket. So for Ryan Shazier, I'm Cole Wright. We'll catch you next time right here on the show. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your week, man. I still didn't get my damn Xbox. Damn. <laughs>